This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from the heart of Manhattan, Rockefeller Center, New York State. Joined as usual with John behind me. How you doing, John? Doing great, thanks. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. All right. Great, Got yeah. uh, Joe Hazen rocking the panels. What's up? Uh, a little technical issues, but we're all solved now. Yeah. Hey, when we were waiting before the uh, show was starting, you ever watch that Rachel Ray thing where they're waiting before the interview? It was like a viral thing like 15 years ago, and she's like, completely ignoring her guest. It's the most uncomfortable video you've ever seen. It's amazing. Go watch it. It's awesome. I, will. I was thinking I about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, upper, upper left. Quinn, how you doing? Everything good? Hey, I'm good. Good, good. Yeah. Down in uh, Los Angeles. I believe they're both in Los Angeles. Jackie Molecules and Nastasia Hammer Lopez. How you two doing? Good. Yeah? Yeah? All right. And uh, today, also from Los Angeles, but in New York, so it's strange. We brought Los Angeles to New York. Uh, today's very special guest, uh, Mike Capoferri, which I believe means head of the iron. Head of iron. Like chief, you got it. chief iron yeah. man. Yeah, stubborn, you are stubborn family. Iron man, yeah. right? Iron yeah. heads. Iron, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Iron heads, yeah, right. And uh, you are the uh, force behind Thunderbolt LA bar, awesome bar where uh, Nastasia and I did a uh, like a, an event and slash pop-up and Harold McGee was there. Applehead Dolls. Applehead Dolls. Yeah. yeah. Everyone came out. It was great fun. That was great. Yeah. 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 Thank you for that. Well, thanks for coming. So uh, since we're shooting the, you know, at the beginning of the show, we're shooting the breeze about uh, what happened uh, either right now or in the past uh, week or so, what, what's, what brings you to uh, our fine city? We are uh, sort of starting the year of pop-up travel. Uh, we did a sort of class on carbonation and on methyl cellulose at Bar Calico yesterday oh, in nice. the Freehand Hotel and then a little pop-up. And then tonight... Another pop up, Jackson Bond, five till twelve ish, five eleven twelve, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, if you're listening on Patreon, uh, yeah, between. But remember, they have cocktails until they don't need more. So you might want to show up. We early. made a lot. I, I would come early. I, the plan is to sell out by like nine thirty or ten because right. I'm tired. Right. Yeah, right. But and we made a lot. And if you're looking up, uh, and you you did a pop up. Also yesterday or just a class yesterday? We did a, it was like, it was a pop-up. It was a, about an hour class and then two hour happy hour. We just did two drinks. Like the two drinks we did in the class, we served for a happy hour for about 40 people. Yeah. Tonight's like four cocktails, full on pop-up takeover. So speaking of methylcellulose, before we get on to the rest of the week stuff, I was talking to someone who, first of all, people, if you're going to get methylcellulose for cocktail work, there's only one. Don't just buy methylcellulose. You need F, like Frank, 50. It drives me crazy yeah. how many times I get DMs saying this recipe doesn't work. Yeah. I'm like, well, what'd you buy? Yeah. And they're like, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't buy the one, like, for instance, specifically the one that uh, uh, El, the bully, El Bully, the uh, Ferran Adria one is mm -hmm. the one that's meant for hot gel. Right. So the classic old school, like knucklehead, like uh, modern chef technique is to use the other kinds of methocell to take things that turn to gels when you heat them. So like Wiley used to do the thing where he would squeeze like, uh, like a, a liquid out of a squeeze bottle into hot soup and it would turn into a noodle in the bowl. Mm -hmm. Or like all of the hot ice cream stuff from you know back in the day. F50 is the one that was uh, is is for whipping. So that's the one we all used to make our meringues out of. And if you have enough solids, like we used to make just passion fruit puree and F50 and then dehydrate them to make meringues. They're great, but they don't hold well. Mm. Maybe they hold in L.A. It's pretty dry. They don't hold in New York. Yeah. Maybe they hold in Arizona. Arizona they'll hold. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, next week, if anyone's going to be in Arizona, uh, Jack Schramm and I are doing a Bar Smarts presentation in Phoenix, I don't know, Wednesday, Thursday, something, and they never bother saying mm -hmm. that we're going to show up. So, you know, I, I think you can sign up. I don't know. I don't know where to or how to sign up. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, and if you have questions for us or for Mike uh, and you're listening live on Patreon, call in your questions to 917-410-1507. That's 917-410-1507. Uh, and before I finish Methocell, uh, why don't you, uh, John, tell them how to uh, join the Patreon or why they would want to do that. Patreon.com slash cooking issues. You get access to a bunch of great things by signing up. We got three different levels of membership. You get different perks at every level. Uh, you get access to our Discord with access to like-minded people and other listeners of the show. It's a great community resource. Um, helps us get great guests. We've got a couple exciting people in the works. Um, yeah, just a lot of good things. Discounts with Kitchen Arts and Letters, Edwards H. Meets, other partners occasionally. Um, yeah, so check it out. Patreon.com slash cooking issues. Yeah. Uh, so back to methyl cellulose for a second. Uh, so, yeah, you need the F50. There used to have another one called E. I forget which. There's So the, the first letter 
like F or, or SG is the series that it's in. You need the F. The second is the viscosity of it. So, and I forget whether it's a 1% or 2% solution, but that's, I think it's 1% is specced at 50, 50 centipoise, which is roughly 50 times thicker than water, which is still thin. It's still thin, mm-hmm. right? So anyway, uh, they used to have one called E that was for films to make like wafer papers and stuff. You know what happened? What happened? Factory blew up. Factory exploded. Because of the methyl cellulose or Well, unrelated? all powders are dangerous, mm-hmm. right? So, like, they discovered uh, – so one of the big uh, inventions of the 1800s in, in flour milling was this, like, classifier system. And, they, you know, they, so they started, like, uh, you know, blowing a lot of flour around. And then they also started storing flour in massive quantities as mills started getting together. And so then they started blowing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then they had to, like, mitigate that. Yeah, any sort of aerosolized powder, real static. Like, boom. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know, and blow up a factory. Anywho. So, uh, yeah, get the right, get the right method. Yeah, a lot of people buy high viscosity. They just call it HV methyl cellulose. And it's mistake. the worst. Yeah. It's, like, the opposite of F50. Yeah. And so yeah. they just end up with, like, you know. Yeah. The whole point of F50, folks, is that it's thin but has whipping ability, right? Now, uh, I've been, you know, doing – because I'm doing the – what's it called? The the remake. So I've been revisiting using all my old methyl cell powder and stuff. Uh, What percentage do you – I so, like, I'm using it – I try to make a syrup with it that can be used at the same ratio as egg white. So half ounce of the methyl cell syrup – it's not even syrup. Half ounce of the the goop. Is enough to do a whole cocktail. Like, what are you, what are you using? Well, we're, we're we're kind of doing that, but we're going one step further and making that into a fifty brick syrup that has half a percent methyl cellulose. Yeah. And so then the cocktail would have three quarters. Yeah, whatever. Rough. So we're doing like um, we essentially make a semi-rich simple syrup. Right. So it's like four hundred water, six hundred sugar. Disperse the methyl cellulose into the other two hundred of hot water. Yeah, get that in there, and so we end up with a fifty bricks, half a percent. Methyl cellulose syrup. And then we will either use that for sours, so you're not adding that extra dilution of a half ounce of just methyl cellulose water. Um, Or we, like the cocktail on our menu, we then will add like a flavor to that. So straight methyl cellulose works really well with like a concentrate. We use a passion fruit concentrate to Mm -hmm. make a, like a mezcal sour. If we're working with something thinner, I find the foam holds a little better if you use... uh, they either call it foam magic or magic foam. It's got xanthan in it, and it's yeah. predispersed with maltodextrin. And so we'll use that for, if we're using, like, strawberry juice and want to make a strawberry methyl cellulose syrup, we'll use also a little xanthan, also a little maltodextrin. I, I've done a bunch of xanthan tests. Well, so, so, like, uh, I made some syrup with it, um, but then I just—look, I think if you're going to use it in a specific drink, yeah, that's the way to go. Right? It's just I wanted to have something so that at any minute you could replace an egg white— in any cocktail, and I was like, if you're going to do an egg white cocktail, you want that lighter flavor anyway. Um, so, I don't know, I just made so a... We make... It's really concentrated mine, though. Like, like really concentrated. Like what? Oh, I forget. It's something It's something such that I did the math based on what I used to use for foam. I'd have to look it up because I wasn't prepared to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I did the math based on um, the finished volume of a drink at a half ounce. So, like, you can't mm-hmm. blend... You, you don't use a blender on my stuff. You blend it well, you mix it in with hot water. Listen, people, mix it in with – disperse it. See, the, the key word that Mike used here was disperse, right? Not hydrate. I had a guy tell me he wanted to, like, put it directly into water in a blender. Like, hold no, but no, you can whip you a lot get, of air in it. If you get the foam magic from modernists that's predispersed in maltodextrin, you can. You can no, go straight in. No, for the in. F50, though. Oh, for F50? No, you, yeah, it's yeah. a nightmare. No, it's yeah. a nightmare because, like, I, I, t- I told this guy, I was talking to him, I was, he was like, well, won't the air settle out? I'm like, if you have a month, I literally put did one. Put it in the freezer for, like – Overnight and the foam might settle out. Yeah, I mean the ratio that I was using is freaking. Like, anyway, so like, anyway, hot, disperse hot, disperse hot. I just throw in a couple of ice cubes and stir it with a spoon. Oh, that's smart. We just do we do two thirds of our water phase ice cold right. and one third of our water phase boiling hot, and we disperse into the hot, stir into the cold. It's really fast, especially if you, if instead of using the water for the cold phase, you're using cold syrup. So you already have your sugar in there. Right. Then you don't have to stir again and create more foam. So every, it's like it's very, very fast. Right. But the key is do not blend once you're making it cold. Stir. No. Stir. 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 Yeah. Don't even whisk. Stir. Yeah. Use a bar spoon. Because yeah, like the whole point of this goop is that it holds. And the problem with air, frankly, is that then you can't jigger it right. I mean, if, well, yeah. you're not, I mean, like, I guess you are jiggering it because you're not yeah, doing a pre-batch yet. We're doing, well, we're doing a pre-batch for the menu cocktail, the passion mm-hmm. fruit one that has about half a percent methyl cellulose. 
Um, you don't want to go we, over we that. We have a straight 50 bricks unflavored methyl cellulose syrup. So 50% sugar, half a percent methyl cellulose right. that we use for like someone orders a whiskey sour. Um, and we've played around with doing that one with also having the xanthan and the maltodextrin, and it works a little better. Right. And it's easier to make. Well, so I've been doing, I think I want to say like a quarter percent in the cocktail, mm. which is a lot compared to the syrup. Yeah, because we're, we're at like... We're at less than that. If we're using yeah. half, if we're using three quarters of an ounce of a, in a five half ounce, a percent. In a five and a half ounce. Yeah. So yeah, you're doing a so tenth like, of a, a tenth of a percent. So probably. Back, yeah. Back at the French culinary days, we were doing like a lot of tasting and you really like once you start getting up over a half a percent finished volume of methyl cell, you can really start tasting it. Right. So like all of our recipes, we would try to knock the cellulose back and we used to do like a bunch of texture uh, effects. So I was trying to push it. So that like the finished cocktail would be around 0.2, 0.25, which is why you really can't blend the stuff that I'm using. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot blend it. But the advantage of it is, is that you don't need uh, any xanthan. Like yeah. because I did a side by side of it with and without the xanthan and, uh, you know, jacking the xanthan way down, just like a little bit of xanthan. And in the foam, right, so when you're doing xanthan and an orja, you know, it's fine. You need it, right? Especially, like, all these people doing high solids orjas saying mm -hmm. that, the, you know, you need to add extra xanthan because you do, right? But um, I don't know. There's something about when I put the xanthan in, it did hold slightly better over, like, 20 minutes of sitting. Can you feel it? You can like see the... it. It's not even that you could feel it. Like, when you, I, I handed two cocktails to my wife, and I was like, Bring this up to your face. Don't even taste it. Bring it up to your face. What do you see? And like the one that was Xanthan, she's like, it's a little bit Santa Claus in the belly. And I'm like, yes, mm. it's a little bit like a bowl full of jelly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, I don't know. If you can get away without the Xanthan. Yeah. Like the one we're doing tonight, like we'll, we'll be doing the Barcelonette. It's like uh, we're using a Satole, but it's like a Satole passion fruit, Sue's lime. But the passion fruit is a... Essentially, like a 40 bricks, right? Half a percent. No, sorry, like a third of a percent methyl cellulose syrup. That we went 40 bricks, so I can use a full ounce of it, and we get a lot of passion fruit out of mm -hmm. it. And the way we do it, it's like this massive time saver, is because acids in it, dilutions in it, it's at 19 Fahrenheit, and all we do is pour four ounces, hit it with a milk frother, and pour it in the glass, and it's like oh, the yeah? fastest sour in the world. It's I like lightning it. fast. So we'll be doing that one tonight, and we made that's the one we made the, the battery power jobbies, or yeah, the... a little five dollar on Amazon, yeah, yeah. little. You know, little yeah. blitz. Yeah, and for those things, like one of. second. Do you? But at, at uh, Thunderbolt, don't you use the uh, the the Hamilton? Yeah. At, when we go on the road, we use the little milk frothers. At Thunderbolt, we have the Hamilton Beach, like the stick blenders. That I never, I never, uh, I know what. Like you, freaking Garrett. Like I apparently they're great. They're great. Apparently they're they're good machines. Yeah, I mean they're even good for prep. Like you can use them. You can use them in prep as well. They're good blenders. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not that expensive. They're not loud. I mean, they're not that they're not expensive. loud. They're like, if you get the Hamilton Beach name brand one, they're like 400 bucks. But if you buy the Websterot Event Co. or whatever their brand Event is, it's, you know, $180 <laughs> okay. and it's, you know, it's is fine. It, is it as good? Not, not as good looking? It's not. No, it's not as good looking. It, it's got plenty of power for what we do. But the way that the, it's not as like, it's not as analog. There's not just like a straight, like on off right. thing you have to like use their cup and it has to like press the safety button and then it will blend oh i hate that it drives me I hate, I hate that, I hate that. Uh, family show yeah, My yeah, bad. yeah. sorry yeah, yeah. Uh, are the cups interchangeable not with the not with the event co but for, with us like we're with the hamilton beach ones we're mostly doing it in the tin like we're never we're using a big tin we're never like hanging it on there because we're using it for two seconds right we're going in we're just we're using the manual button. All right. Just here's a, here's two a little, safety Two little thing. blitzes and then go. Don't do this, but have you done this? Foot pedal? For a blender? For the, for the, for the, yeah, for the spindle. So you can just walk up and go like, bam, 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 and you keep your other hand free. Bam, 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 bam. I love this idea. Yeah. You yeah. can buy really heavy duty, like, you know, momentary foot pedals. I used to use them all the time for stuff like stomp pedals, like old school. Like, yeah. 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 Joe knows what I'm talking about. Loves a stomp pedal. Loves it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. And they're rugged because they're meant for musicians to beat on them. Great. And, and you need know, animals on stage. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's not safe because then someone could, you know, step on it. But they're not unsafe. Oh, they're little like big the, That's like the the hardest type of blender to hurt yourself on. And now yeah. that I say that, someone at Thunderbolt's yeah. going to hurt themselves on it. Yeah. But, like, you know, that, it's not really like a sharp blade in there. It's like a little not disc. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, try it out. Yeah, great idea. Yeah, I love a love a hands free 
Oh, anything. yeah. I detest yeah. having to touch, especially like, what if you're doing something with this other hand? Yeah. You know, Ideally, you're doing you know, something. Squeezing a lime, flicking somebody off, something you need that, you know, you're never, you, you always usually have a foot free. That's funny because oh, yeah. uh, you, you, you'd love my home. I, I have our kitchen set up as a um, almost like a restaurant dishwasher where you, the on off or the hot and cold of the sink in the, um, in, in the kitchen is uh, foot driven, like a, yeah, like you're playing pian- the pedal of a piano. Yeah, foot pedal. See, I got foot pedal oh, sink. Yeah, why would any, yeah, why would it. you ever want to touch a faucet? I don't want to do those, even the, the kinetic energy where you touch the, the no, faucet. Hell no. Want, no, 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 no. I don't want to touch it. Mm-hmm. You know what else I don't like? I know it's better. Blah, 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 blah. I don't want to sit there and wave at my faucet. I'm not friends with it. You know what I mean? On, off with the foot. You know what I mean? Anyway. Uh, man, I feel like we got into some I know. stuff, we, stuff we right were away. I supposed to, yeah. like, you know, shoot well, I mean, I like it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So uh, anyone got anything from the, from the past week? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> Temperance Winbar is the newest carrier of uh, the solid wiggles. Wait, wait, oh, what? yeah. Wait, what happened? Temperance. Uh, we got solid wiggles now. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Couple sweet. good products. Yeah. Tasty. Come, come in. Come in. Buy you some uh, some Jello. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what were you saying there, so, uh, molecules? So uh, my girlfriend's parents were in town for the week, and uh, her cousin took us to some restaurant that will go unnamed in Los Angeles. Uh-oh. That had that had a water menu, which mm. is something I haven't seen yet. Mm. Like like a twenty. 20 to 25 page water menu. Give me the price what? range. Give me the price range. Well, there's a water saw out that, there. That's the thing. I mean, the the most expensive bottle was maybe twenty dollars, and you know, one of the pages was Fiji. So it uh, seems wait, 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 a whole page of Fiji. Correct. Well, you know, each page had like a photo of the bottle uh, with like descriptions of where the water comes from and like, the, um, whatever. You know, like uh, this so one it wasn't, it is wasn't uh, square, even, like. This tastes yeah, square. It wasn't even, you know, fancy, rare, like weird water. It was just, it was, it was one of the dumbest things I've seen in a restaurant. Did they have, uh, did they have uh, my three faves? Did they have uh, Vichy Catalan? I didn't make it very far into the mm. water menu. Well, if you started alphabetically, did they have a Polinaris? I think that's a good water. Uh, I don't think it was alphabetical. Mm. Gerolsteiner? These are three of my favorite yeah, waters. Water. Yeah, yeah. These are good waters. Great water. Yeah. Carol Steiner's great. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they also had like a 80 age, an 80 day aged um, ribeye, which was. Oh, I thought you were going to say 80, 80 I thought you were going to say water. water. <laughs> 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 uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Aged, aged in the world's best plastic. Mm. Yeah. How was it? Uh, it, was, it was fine. Nah. You seem uh, yeah. nonplussed. Nonplussed by the. Yeah, I would. Let me ask you this: Would you have enjoyed the whole meal more if you hadn't first buy the water menu? Um, I mean, it was fine. It was a very overpriced place, you know, mm. one of these kinds of LA places. Mm. Don't know. Don't 80, Eighty days you know seems I mean. too long to age a steak. People, I don't know. That's people a long do. Time. People do infinity. Some yeah, people yeah, do infinity. I, I don't know, man. Infinity. Eighty drier. <laughs> infinity. Uh, Eighty. You know, my dream is to you know, uh, you know. Now that there's global, you know, warming, go to the permafrost. I mean, not right now because of the, you know, the troubles over there. But like when the, when the, uh, uh, what's it called, thaws out, you know, the, uh, what, a woolly mammoth, get a chunk of that, you know, 10,000 year dry age. You know what I mean? There you, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I would eat that. I think everyone would eat that. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're not. You if, eat woolly mammoths, but you got mad at whale? It's dead. <laughs> It's been dead for 10,000 years. It wasn't even killed by a person. You might have to fight off Nathan Miravald for that one. I mean, well, yeah, probably. Uh, like, it's been a dream of mine, like, uh, it's been a dream of mine for years to just a little bit of one of those uh, thought out, like, megafauna from Siberia. I think it would be, you know, something to do. Something to, you know. There's probably, a, like, a black market for that. I think they're super rare. There's a there was an outfit in Korea who was buying all of the stuff they could so that they could do DNA sequencing on it so that they could like Jurassic Park one, you know, and then <clears throat> gestate it in a modern elephant and then like bootstrap uh, bootstrap the woolly mammoth back into the world. And uh, I think if it had worked, we would have heard about it. Yeah, I think so. You know what I mean? That's not the kind of thing you can keep uh, under wraps. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Hey, by the way, uh, so uh, so that was a sad story there, Jack. You went to an expensive place, you know, emptied your your pocketbook, and uh, didn't even get fancy water. 
Oh no, I didn't. I did not know. This was her cousin. It was her cousin's birthday. It was just all out of my control. I was just a you know a guest at this dinner. Well, was it still I out of your pocketbook? To um, no. Oh, okay, um, fine. So great you know, meal then. No great meal. Foul, but I did take them to. Uh, I took them to Kismet instead, which oh. they loved. Mm-hmm. Did they serve ice there? <laughs> did they serve ice like, menu? Like I, an ice menu? Like I, I, I would love an ice menu. Oh no, no would, that would be great though. I'd, I'd be into that. I would love an ice menu. I would love an ice menu. Yeah. Um, how much does ice cost in L.A., by the way? Like, like cocktail ice? Or yeah, what? cocktail ice. Like like two and a quarter, two and a half inch cubes. What's a two and a half inch cube? We buy a little bit smaller ice, and I think we're netting out at like 60 cents for a cube. But they may, the, the bigger, like two and a quarter cubes, um, closer to 80, Yeah, I think. That's like a significant percentage of the poor. It's a big percentage of the poor, and we serve almost everything on... Because we don't have a cold draft machine, right. and we shake and stir with pebble, and yeah. we serve everything on large format ice, and so we buy spears for Collins, and rocks for our anything down, and it's a significant part of the pour cost. Yeah, well, this is kind of funny. I might as well talk about it now before we go uh, <clears throat> any further. It's like he, uh, at Thunderbolt, I think what's interesting is that you know all the bartenders are like you know real like they're, they're bartender bartenders, right? They could go anywhere and work at a bar, but you guys have completely like thrown out you're like we don't need the cold draft machine you're, in other words like you don't take for granted what other bars uh say that you need for a particular kind of service and you just work around your recipes to achieve the result you want with the workflow you want in a, in a way i think it's uh different from most other places you want to talk about that yeah i think uh it was kind of like if we're, if we're going to talk about like a silver lining of it taking four and a half years for us to open from when we signed the lease to opening day the the silver lining of that was uh we knew the menu before we ordered the equipment, that's kind of what it comes down to, I think. So, like, we we weren't, like, shoehorning new techniques into a bar that was designed by an architect. We got to design the equipment sort of around what we wanted to do, which was really great. And we built carbonators into the walls of the bar die wall and, like, you know, still in sparkling taps at every well and things like that that you're able to do if you, like, if you can think ahead. Um, and it's also sort of... And it bites us in the ass sometimes. But, like, the ethos was, like, let's remove anything that's unnecessary... Um, even from the process, like if we can make it more consistent faster and we can get a drink in your hand uh, faster and it's perfect every time, we could do that. And so that's why we have like the the refrigeration that we can put like at the freezing point of the cocktail. And, you know, occasionally we get that bad review of like, they pre-bachelor martinis there, it's yeah. terrible. And yeah, then like you have to like go on Yelp and respond like, hi, like you can't make this without doing that because there's no water in it, whatever. Anyway, we stopped. We just like turned off all notifications for all reviews because I will never look at a Yelp review again because I... Yeah, there's I can't the not respond, and I just so like I'm not. I yeah. don't have the power. I'm not mature enough well, you know, to you not shouldn't. respond. Yeah, you, you can't respond. Can't respond. You can't respond. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, yeah, you're just yeah. It's a losing battle. Someone who like maybe didn't even ever go there, like write some crazy stuff. Yeah, and you're just like okay. Yeah, okay. Just gotta take it. Yeah, my dream is uh, to start a bar called One Star Bar where you. Give everyone for the first like six months a free drink that gives you a one star review, uh, and so you control it, so you always have one star. Nice, and they can write something nice if they want. But then people who use Yelp to find a bar don't come to your bar because those tend to be the worst customers. Yeah, so, yeah that's a, but the, but, it's going to be hard to convince someone with money to fund that project. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's you know it's been, is it, it's is in it, there. Is because it's got the star bar in it. Is it a Japanese theme bar? It, it can be anything, you know. It could be it could be a dive. It could be a very fancy buttoned up. I think it has to be very bar. fancy. Yeah, and I think it has to be very expensive. Bar. Yeah, I think it has to be super duper money. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like, I like the high low, the high low thing. Because like because Thunderbolt LA, you've you've uh, streamlined your service and all of this stuff. And I don't know why, but as a, I don't know as a result, but also you you keep your prices pretty reasonable. I mean, like, they're, I don't know whether they're, they're low. They just went up. Like, I think we're our highest cocktail is 18 bucks now. Everything was 14 for years, and then it went up to 15. Yeah. And then, you know, everyone else in LA is getting 20 bucks plus a cocktail. But we, I try to be cognizant of like, we're not in like a super wealthy neighborhood. We don't want to alienate the people that live around us. So we, like, what we sacrifice on poor cost, we make up for with like having less bartenders on it a night because the drinks are faster. So, like, labor we can make up for, you know, we're, we're able to like, balance it out. It's not a typical bar p and if yeah. you compared it to, like, most bars. Yeah, so uh, uh, one-star bar, though, like a Tecate is 22 bucks. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. 
twenty twenty dollar beers. Well, then the one star bar has to it has to end up with a Michelin star by the end to complete the cycle. You know. Yeah. All you need to do is hire the right PR person, and you're good. You know what I mean? Hire the right PR right. person. Right. Uh, you know, and will will it to happen? Get the right people in there. The right pictures taken. One star, and, one star on Yelp, one star on Michelin. That's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the goal. And yeah. I think, you know, somebody listening probably wants to fund this for us. Yeah, so, you yeah, know, sure. Got yeah. the call-in number. <laughs> and then, you know, the harder one's going to be, you know, a couple years later when you try to open two-star. That's harder on both things. It's hard to get problem. an exact two <laughs> on Yelp and, you know, two Michelin stars for a bar. Never happened. Yeah, it would be a first. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but if Jiro can get three stars... Yeah, we can do anything. Okay, great. You know I mean? yeah. No, I'll take your word for it. I've never been. <laughs> yeah, got to be, you know, 85 years old, got to be in a subway station, got to have a movie made about you. I was going to say, if you get stars. a Netflix movie, yeah. then you can have whatever you want. Yeah. 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 Right. Every, every time I mention that place, Nastasi gets triggered. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear it happen? The trigger happened? Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah. Right, Stas? Yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Ah, nice, good. Hey, speaking of uh, uh, that... Uh, They've built the majority of the spinzos. Now we just got to get them shipped to the United States. Is that true, Stas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Exciting, right? You excited? I'm excited. You sound excited. Yes. Yeah, right. There are a lot of very excited people to get yeah. these spinzos. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mike, actually, we did not rig this. It's just because you also were the biggest placer of orders, had the most uh, entries into the raffle. You were the winner of the uh, raffle. Yeah, we got and the, you got received the prototype. It. Yeah, we and got what it. what do you think? Yeah, we've been we've been beating it up and it's doing great. Nah. Yeah, we've run um we've run a lot of stuff through it. We've been doing a lot of batch mode stuff. And I like won't go too far down a rabbit hole for people who don't care about spin cells on yeah. the, that are listening. But um yeah, continuous mode, batch mode, everything's been great. It's fast. It's cut I mean, we were doing fifteen minute cycles for Hustinos and for like uh tomato we do in batch mode and now we're running four or five minutes. It's a lot faster. Way faster. Way faster. Yeah. Better, stronger, faster. Yeah. It's the Lindsay Wagner of uh, Centrifuges. Yeah, Bionic Woman. There you go. If you remember her. Uh, oh, also, I, I'd be remiss to say uh, next week we have Andre Mack. He had to cancel before. He's coming on, so get your Andre Mack questions in. And the week after that, Michael Fabro is coming in to talk about Ikejime and farm-raised salmon, coho salmon. So raising them inland and then... St- I don't know if he's doing needle through the spine. I think he's just doing brain spike. Um- I mean, apparently, it's an Ikejime robot. Yeah, well, I mean, so do, do you need a human to do it or no? Robot. What do you mean? Yeah, he's got a, an engineer who's I like, it's a yeah, robot. but it's brain spike only, not spinal ablation. So, you know, half, 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 half Ikejime. Half, yeah. half, half Ikejime. But really, Ikejime is just a killing technique. The, the Shinkanuke, the spine ablation, that's what I used to love. You know, uh, like doing, like testing. The, I mean, I didn't enjoy the act of killing the fish and sticking the... <laughs> the rod up its spinal cord, but I did enjoy the results of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. It sounds tedious. It I, is I like tedious. the idea of a robot doing it. Yeah, but Maybe I think... Maybe I'm soft, but... I think, uh, yeah, I mean, robot for the brain spike, I could see doing, but I don't see, I don't see a robot being able to do the spine. You know what I mean? I, I don't. There's, ro- there's robots that can, like, sew the skin on a grape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have a couple million dollars, yeah. If you have a couple million dollars, you can buy one of those, like, you know, completely, like, it's basically human hands, and then you just motion control. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, like, if you're an actual company, like, trying to sell fish, I don't think you can do it. You know what I mean? Like, It's possible. Yeah, you know, a lot of things are, you know, we've sent someone to the moon before. That's possible. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just not really, you know, likely. What about you, Quinn? You got anything this week that happened before we get into the uh, meat of the questions? Uh, oh, we got some meat I've, already. Wait, go I've ahead. started... Some projects. I'm applying my guanciale recipe to some goose breast, which I think will be interesting. Mm. And I have started two new regular guanciales, and I am starting to change one variable for each piece. Okay, nice. Is it going to be, are you going to make it the same level of dryness? Before you made it pretty dry, right? It was like dry. Like more like the uh, one, yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. Like you were doing like uh, La Quercia level, La Quercia level drying, not like Volpe level drying. Like Volpe is like a wet, wetter guanciale, which I kind of like a wetter guanciale. Yeah. And mm-hmm. La Quercia is, is like you know, 
like a piece of wood. You can, you know, mail that to the future and it'll still be the same. You know what I mean? Where are you? Somewhere in between those two? Have you had the La Quercia or no? I haven't had any of those. Yeah. Like I'm hoping you probably had. If you just, if you just buy Guanciale somewhere, it's 9 out of 10. Well, maybe in the States, it's made by the Volpe Corporation, but no offense to Volpe. I like Volpe. It's fine. It's good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, and, and, and are you thinking that uh, that's the best thing to do with the goose? Because once you dry it, it's, you're not going to notice how stringy and tough it is because you're going to slice it real thin? Well, no, I, I want, I want, it, it, it could have been a little fattier because it was looking kind of a young goose, but I'm basically trying to get the closest I can to a pork cheek, but with poultry. So I figured a goose, a goose breast would be decent. Why? Why goose says pork? Like why is well, a goose, why is a goose more pork porky fat. than duck? Well, I thought there'd be a bigger cat, like fat cap on the breast. I don't know. They raise a Especially. lot of ducks. I don't know. They do a good job raising ducks. Whatever. Anyway, let me know how it works out. Uh, speaking of Quinn, mm-hmm. we have a question that only Quinn can answer. You ready for this, guys? Ready? ready? All right. You ready for this, Quinn? Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, where is it? Okay, from uh, DJ Random 927 Hey team, I got a question about umami. At this point, everyone is familiar with MSG, that's modern sodium glutamate, but there are other compounds that provide umami sensation, such as IMP, which is, I believe, in, in, I can't remember, whatever, IMP. It's a ribonucleotide thing, monophosphate, uh, and uh, GMP. From my understanding, these compounds amplify the effect of MSG, but do they actually contribute flavors on their own? Is there a point to using these compounds if you can just add more MSG? I can see in the case of dry preparations like chips, but uh, in a, li- a liquid preparation, what, uh, would it make any sense? Um, and the reason they don't use it, uh, the reason I think they use as little of it as possible, I think it costs a lot more. Uh, than uh, MSG, which is fundamentally free. But uh, my my friend uh, DJ Random, you are in luck because my man Quinn happens to have bought 400 grams of a mix of uh, IMP and uh, GMP. And Quinn, how much did that 400 grams set you back? Um, I don't remember. It wasn't like a lot of money. I think it was like 30, 40 bucks. Okay, so it's a lot for a potato chip manufacturer to do by the ton compared with MSG. So it's like 15 times or 20 times or 30 times the price of MSG, but it's not going to break the bank of a home worker. I'm sure it would also be be cheaper if you bought a lot more. Same with MSG, though. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is is that, like, it's the thing that would be expensive to use industrially, and so you would minimize its use, but it's not relevant to the cost for someone like you or even for, like, John at at the restaurant. That's what I'm getting from you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, you have not yet tasted it on its own, but there, next to you right yeah. now is a bowl of powder, and Quinn is going to taste it for you, ran, random, random DJ. Yeah, yeah, right. I, do have to, I do have a, a disclaimer. Okay. Because it was, it, it, the usage rate is so low, okay. it is dispersed. I, I dispersed it in a little bit of maltodextrin. That's but fine. That shouldn't... That's fine. It's just, it's just going to uh, make it sticky. Mm-hmm. You have to eat more of it. All right, now. here we go. All right, ready? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Come on. I feel like... What do you got? I would say on its own, there is like... The aftertaste of a strong cheese. The aftertaste of a strong cheese. Like... Obviously, when you taste a Parmesan or a really aged cheddar, you get the initial, like, savory hit, but then there's, like, the aftertaste. And I would say, in other instances, when I've cooked with it, not with MSG, just on its own in other food, I would say it makes things taste more uh, brothy. Yeah, well, that makes that makes sense. I mean, the whole point of it, I like how the base is still like decreasing down. Uh, the whole point of it is, is that you can use less of everything when you put those things in in conjunction with MSG, and it's so people can reduce the salt. So you know, if you you know if you need to do that, especially IMP uh, and GMP are non-sodium based ones, right? So anything they can do because they, they don't really care about reducing the. Well, um, the, uh, these ones are sodium based. Oh. The compounds I bought. 
All right. Well, then, but the reason that most people add them to these mixes is as a way to reduce sodium. That's what they're doing, right? They're trying to reduce overall sodium. But I will say, having tasted raw at Unilever years ago, one of their things where they were reducing sodium, everything tastes brothy. Everything tastes like, you know, dashi got added to it. Mm. And, like, I love dashi, right? But I don't want... I don't want my Alfredo tasting like dashi, you know what I mean? Unless I do. And then I know how to do that. I got kombu and bonito flakes, and mm-hmm. then I can, you know, you know what I'm saying? Anyway. So, uh, Quinn, I'm going to go ahead and say don't it, use it on its own, right? Not worth using on its own? No, don't use it on its own. But, again, I do like, I like using it, again, diluted like this in small amounts strategically because it's like in the same way there are uses for fish sauce soy sauce, and pure MSG, sometimes you want a little bit of that pure, brothy shit, I would say. It does increase both savory intensity, but also some complexity as well. Right, but like you just tasted it on its own, and you said you got a little bit of a cheesy aftertaste. It's not like, in other words, yes, it's a synergistic thing, but it didn't appear, you weren't like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I know that taste. You know what I mean? You're like, hey, it's like brothy and a little bit cheesy aftertaste. It's not like, I mean, like, you. this person wants to know whether they need to go out and buy this stuff and use it on its own. And what I was hearing from you. Okay, well, what, is, what does use on its own mean? Like you you're would use. You're going to put it like, in food. Right. But like, in other words, like <laughs> most people use it. If you say brothy, MSG also makes things brothy. So is there a reason to use just this stuff, which is 30 times the price of MSG, as opposed to just a little bit of this mixed in with a little bit of MSG as kind of a, a Cezanne, as, you know, as, an, as an accent powder, you know, uh, brand name, you know, okay. brand name. Well, but, also, the other thing you have to consider is that a lot of bouillon powder does also have this built in. Yes, I know that. So but my, but my point there. is... it. I wasn't getting from you an, oh, yeah, this flavor on its own is super-duper important, and you need to go buy it. Like, succinic acid, for instance, is super-duper important, very unique. You use it in conjunction with other things. You don't use it on its own. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. If if you're telling me, yeah, I can't live without this crap, and I need to buy it, as opposed to just using MSG, then then are you saying that? Again, I would say... In the same way, okay, you're, you're asking me to take something on its own that is the main benefit is the synergistic effect. All right, you've answered. Yes. All right, there we go. Got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Dr. Smokehouse wants to know, uh, they make their own Nocino and they have two questions. Any cocktail recommendations for using Nocino? I always make it uh, with some cinnamon and cloves, but I've added orange peel, star anise, and uh, most recently elderberry flour. So looking for suggestions. Well, I don't really work with it much. What about you guys? I know that Quinn loves it. Mike, you like it? Yeah, we've done some stuff with it. Um, I've worked on a couple Italian restaurant menus and, you know, old-fashioned Manhattan variations. Oh, now it's you have that great. Billy Joel song in my head. <laughs> Son of a gun. It's from an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Uh, Bottle of red. God damn it. It's not his worst work. No. It's totally fine. What's his worst work? Be careful. Oh, man. We didn't start the fire. Ooh. Uh, Nastasi, what do you think of his live live performance of We Didn't Start the Fire? Wait, he's saying that? I don't remember that. You don't remember? Yeah, he played it live. Of course he did. You just blocked it. He blotted it out. Maybe. I I blotted out all of the uh, Brinkley era stuff. Mm. What, what do you say, Sas? Did you hear that they redid that song? I don't know who, but some new band. And I've, they changed all yeah. the words. So. I've heard it, yeah. It. I, I haven't heard it. I've heard that someone was doing that. Uh, have you listened? You haven't listened to it, or you have? I change it when it comes on the radio. I don't want to hear it. Mm. God, yeah. it's Fallout Boy. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's Fallout Boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. God. Uh, yeah, do, do they keep anything, or is it all like new stuff? Well, the chorus is the same. No, well, it's always been, you know, burning since the world's been turning. So there's no reason to change the chorus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> first, the first stanza here has Monsanto and GMOs in it. My God. Monsanto GMO. Is that, is, is that uh, Nick Coleman <laughs> doing it on Van Surrey? <laughs> oh, son of a gun. No, it's uh, Carradine. Oh, my God. 
One, I, always, I can't keep my carotene right. straight. I can never keep my carotene straight. I'm like, <laughs> you mentioned one of them, they're all floating around in my head. I, I didn't know there was more than one. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no Chino. <laughs> Old fashions. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, somewhere I have the actual sugar level so I can tell you what to sub it in for just on a sugar basis. Uh, but, you know, I've, it, I've it's never in made my it. phone. We've just bought Nochino before. No, but I'm saying, like, uh, I, I have uh, I measured uh, Dolan's Nochino, mm. and, uh, or not Dolan, uh, but, you know, whatever House Alpines carries. I measured yeah, their Nochino. The, the um, Nux Alpine. Yeah, Nux Alpine. Yeah. yeah. I it. measured theirs, uh, their sugar level. And honestly, I'm like, whenever I think of this, I, all I'm thinking of is flavor and then how much sugar is my subbing in or out. That's yeah, all I ever not think enough, about. It's not enough to be the only sweet in an old fashioned. I've tried that. It's. I've not measured the Even, sugar like, content. At, at what level of pour? Even like up to close half an ounce. It's like not, it's yeah, still yeah. a very dry cocktail. And, and, and then, but well, what if you did one and one? You could do one and one. Is it an old fashioned still then? It does, I mean. Is it ever an old fashioned? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, one and one might get you there, but it's not, it's not Frangelico sweet. I, I talk about Frangelico a lot because it's like 40 bricks. So I can use that like syrup in an old fashioned. And I love it. That's like my favorite thing to do with it. It's yeah. like my bartender butter, but um the Nux Alpine is not. Well, it's interesting not you mentioned that. Enough. Are you ever going to do that cocktail for me, the one my dream? Because I'm never going to do it. Wait, which one? Where you, uh, it has to be on the back bar together, a bottle of Mrs. Butterworth's and a bottle of Frangelico because they're kind of married. Yeah. And then, you know, a drink that has the both in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. How hard could it be? It can't be hard. You know, it's it like. something else in it's, it. Well, you I'm got corn syrup. There. Corn yeah. syrup. Uh, probably fenugreek or some sort of sotolone and like a little bit of diacetyl, right? That's mm -hmm. Mrs. Butterworth's. And then like whatever, you know, whatever nutty sugar Frangelico is, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they, that's a marriage made in heaven. That sounds like a totally fine cocktail. It'd be good on pancakes. Yeah. But. Frangelico almost sweet enough to put on pancakes on its own. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to open this because oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Joe is saying it's yeah. So, uh, Quinn, what, I know you're a Nachino man. What do you, what do you, what do you talk, say to Dr. Smokehouse? Uh, again, I bought my Nachino. I didn't make it. They just want to know what to do with it. They don't. They don't want advice. They like their Nochino. They just want to know what to do with it. Now that they, you know, now that they found Nochino, what what should they do with it? Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, right, you think you think we'll get back to it. JPM wants it. Well, so why don't you say what you're pouring out? Oh, okay. So I brought. Look, I found out I was coming on the show after I was in New York, so right. I didn't get to bring anything from home. But I brought one of the cocktails we're doing tonight. Um, really plugging this event. Like, you, you hear this? You hear this, people? That's the sound of somebody caring. Care a lot. I'm really. I am. Uh, Degassing a carbonated bottle yeah. of cocktail. Very slowly. I appreciate slowly this. I appreciate this uh, no end because when someone just goes shblam and like undoes the thing and like ruins all their work, it like I get depressed. Well, it hurts every, my feelings. Every bartender at Thunderbolt has at least once like lost their handle on these tops and hit the ceiling, and we have to mop the ceiling like you know monthly because of that. Uh, but this is a cocktail that's not on our menu, but we always do it during the holidays. It's a uh, like a champarado. So we use the Nixta for that, like, masa flavor. Champarado, if someone listening does not know what I'm talking about, uh, like the traditional Mexican hot cocoa beverage made with masa. So it's cinnamon, it's bourbon, it's Nixta, which is the Nixta malt liqueur, and lactose, salt. Now we have a question. That, that question's coming up next, actually. Carbonation. I, I think that's all that's in here. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be in there for good now. Yeah, <laughs> see? See, that's yeah. what I'm here for. Uh, cheers. 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 So while you're tasting, I'm going to ask the question, then I'll taste while you're answering the question. How about that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh... For Mike and the Cooking Issues team, fun fact, I actually got the Patreon notification while I was sitting at the bar at Thunderbolt that you were going to be on. Thank you. Uh, incredible drinks and service always. So that's, you know, Love to your that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's always impressed me at Thunderbolt are the highballs across the board. Huh? We're talking about it now. I know the service flow is super fast on using cans. By the way, your can setup is ridiculous. And we got to talk more about this yeah, after this question it. comes up, yep. right? Uh, uh, do you see any carbonation loss in glass or in glass or cans versus coming straight out of the carbo bottles. And then the second question is, uh, how did you come to use lactose? I'm guessing lactic acid, but I could be wrong here. You're wrong here. Uh, different thing. We use it, lactic acid too, yeah, but yeah. different in thing. In a tropic uh, tropi pop, in a ton uh, sense, uh, wait, 
uh, it makes a ton of sense uh, in the good and bad bubbly because the cream soda vibes, but surprisingly delicious in the tropic pop. So it's basically a question about um, uh, lactose. Are there other acids? This is not an acid. But this is going to be a long. So are there other acids other than the big ones that you know are in liquid intelligence? By the way, I'm redoing that whole section. I just wrote ten thousand more words on that. Wow. Yeah. Great. Uh, uh, You're testing in highballs. So uh, why don't you answer that while I taste your uh, your uh, your cocktail here? Okay. Uh, we can talk about carbonation loss first. I think. Well, I'll try to go in order of what he said. So, um, okay. Yes, there is uh, inevitably a small amount of carbonation loss going from the carbo bottle to the can. However, it's much less carbonation loss than uh, like trying to slowly degas these bottles and re-fluff them with carbonation every time you serve one of the cocktails. And so uh, I think a can is like the superior delivery vessel. That's why we do it. Um, it's fun. He, it's fun. Uh, it's Look, it's, we've, we were carbonating uh, cocktails since we opened, but we were serving them in, in the traditional way of degas the bottle, pour very slowly down the side of the glass, takes forever, recarb it, put it away. Your drink takes a few minutes. COVID happened. We were able to sell cocktails to go. We got the can seamer like week one. So we immediately moved Smart to a move. can. We got, we got lucky. I have a lot of people to thank for that. Uh, yeah, there was people in LA who like knew what we were doing and made that thing appear for us. And we ended up getting to keep it, which was amazing. So uh, Jason Brand and Joe Brooke, if you're listening, I love you guys. Um, so we, you know, we still are able to sell to go. That's one of the reasons we still can, but we realize that the can is like a far superior vessel for serving this thing. One, because it's instant service. And again, we run into that thing where I have to be like, yes, it's in a can. We made it here. Yeah, it but took you three days. It. Yeah, we can't. We, it took us a couple of days to carbonate it, and then we canned it for you here. And then once people hear that, they're like, oh, whoa, and they get it. But, you know, you got you to gotta hold people's hands a little bit. Um, How is so, it that you like, like, like service, and we have, but there, it's two people, and people are so problematic? Yeah, it's it's the problem is like we have done so many things to get a drink in your hand faster and more consistent. But I think when you end up on some of these like lists, people come into your bar expecting uh, like, you know, the bow tie and the apron and the arm garters and, and maybe an attitude. And, and maybe they want their drink to take 10 minutes. But our drinks are like really, really, really fast. Um, you, so anyway, well, they should specify beforehand. You'll just wait. Yeah, we could just like we could ignore you for five or six minutes and then give you your drink. Like, yeah, we could do that for you. If you would come in and ask for that and we're happy to do that for you. Um, where, Hey people, if you do that, wear a special stop sign pin and they know then at Thunderbolt. Yeah. I think it's like Fogo de Chao where it's like the green and the red. You know, if you still want meat, you have the green. If you want us to ignore you, just put the red side up and we will pretend you don't exist. Right. Or button, but it needs to just take longer. It needs to be a slow roll button. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can open a can pretty slowly. Yeah, just really right up in the microphone. Um, So, okay, so that's why we can. Uh, You mentioned glass bottles. Glass bottles are really hard. Like, uh, they hold carbonation fine, but counter-pressure bottling is an absolute nightmare. Like, if you don't have a $100,000 counter-pressure bottling rig, uh, then you have to use one of these, like, handheld tees, and it's, like, sort of a complicated choreography of... Purge air, gas on, fill, and like yeah, you and make you, a huge mess. And yeah. you we used to do I could it. Do, we used to do it. I hated it. It's a nightmare. I and I could probably it. do 30 cans in the time it takes me to do three bottles. Yeah. So the I mean, cans are hyper fast. We got good at the bottles, but I hated it. I hated it. I could do 10 perfectly, and then on the 11th, I spray cocktail all over myself. I, I, I got to start over. Um, okay, and then lactose. Uh, I do. Get, I get this question a lot, and people are thinking lactic acid. Lactose is a sugar. Lactic acid is an acid. Lactic acid is tart, but it's not like uh, citric or malic tart. We use it a lot, and I'm about to, Dave, go to like, I'm going to transition to liquid, go liquid like you are. And I, I want to talk, we'll talk about that later. But um, we're still using powdered lactic acid. The Travi Pop is honestly on its like third recipe of the same cocktail. We, and we do this a lot. We're like constantly updating. It didn't have lactose when we started. It was also like a 6.25 ounce volume when we started. But when we moved to cans, we had to switch up the recipe, make it a little lower ABV and make it bigger to fit an eight ounce can. Uh, and so we, at that point, sort of revisited it and started from scratch. And we, because we were lowering the ABV, we had to do a few things. One, I wanted more creamy texture. And so lactose gives you that. Lactose is also, it's a non-fermentable sugar. It's not near as sweet as uh, sucrose. So what it does is help lower my freezing point so that when I lowered the ABV to put it in an eight ounce can, it wouldn't freeze in our refrigeration at 19 Fahrenheit. So lactose helps me get to that lower freezing point while adding the creamy texture. And it's the same thing for the uh, good, bad, bubbly that you mentioned. Yeah. So, 
we like lactose a lot, and we put it on the menu because some people are lactose intolerant, and we, you know, we are like almost a completely allergen-free place. And we started toying with glycerin a little bit. We use it in our non alps a lot, but we started toying with like potentially glycerin could replace the lactose in the tropi pop. Well, it's not going to give you the antifreeze. You'd have to switch to not invert. Gonna, you have to switch to invert sugar. Yeah, it's not going to help with the freezing. If you used invert sugar. Because it's twice the freezing power. So, like, instead of sucrose, if you used invert, it'd be twice the freezing power. But have you, uh, I'm sure you have. Uh, I started playing around. I, fr- I love glycerin. So, my yeah. l- latest thing, and someone asked a question, I think it was uh, Michael JK, about my, uh, it's, it, well, I think, sorry, this is also interesting to me. Is like, you know, like, because uh, as we're working on the book, the new stuff I'm working on, I'm trying to work on stuff that is as plug and play. I'm always like a plug and play person if I can mm-hmm. be. So I'm trying to make things that are, like, swappable around. And so one of the issues with glycerin is, like, what are you going to add it to? Because you don't want to add it. It's hard to add alaminute unless you're doing batch cocktails. So if you're actually using yeah, it in carbonate. jiggering. Yeah, it's right. Not, it's, it's, nice. it's fine if you're carbonating. Yeah. But if you're doing jigger stuff. So, like, I have the two things I use are, are glimple, which is glycerin uh, simple syrup, okay. and glacid, which is glycerin acid mix. And I'm really loving the glacid. But Michael wants to know – I'll, I'll – Quinn, can you get it from me and I'll put it on the Patreon like soon? Yeah. Yeah. So the thing about glass, it is uh, like I'm using it in Amaro's constantly mm-hmm. because because you can't alaminute carbonate every Amaro you own. So you has to be Amaro plus seltzer basically and glassed. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. But have you played with because uh, for some reason people some people are still resistant to glycerin. And I, by the way, I think that this. Uh, the uh, the texture you get with the low ABV uh, with uh, lactose is great, but you're using a large quantity of lactose. We're, I can like reliably get about fifteen percent to dissolve into water. Yeah, um, and then that is just serving as our dilution. And we have two lactose cocktails, and so yeah, it's about it's a fifteen percent powdered lactose solution right. that we buy from a, a brewery that we buy beer from for like nothing. It costs very so. Little. What percentage of the finished cocktail is that fifteen percent? So uh, in the Tropy Pop, there's like, a, a, it's, I'm air quoting like five ounces of dilution, but three of that is carbonated, uh, or sorry, is clarified pineapple, mm-hmm. and two ounces of that is a 15% lactose solution. So it's like four or five percent lactose in the end? Yeah, so it's an eight ounce cocktail. So two ounces of an eight ounce cocktail is fifteen percent lactose. Uh, yeah, it's probably yeah. like less than five percent. Right. So, but but the point is, is that you're getting an extra. I want here's what I want everyone to think about. And this was I thought was the most fun when I was in LA with you is just going over. So my original carbo specs are all very alcoholic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and so like I've dropped them all. They, they used to be like thirteen percent or so 13 14 i've dropped them almost all to 11 you've dropped them below 10 and you need to have some mitigation in there once that alcohol level goes below about 10 and you don't want the sweetness and and when i say sweetness the actual like apparent sweetness of like uh sucrose to be uh you need to jack it in, in order to have the body be there when you drop below 10 and so there is you have to figure out ways around it the same with non-alcoholic yeah. cocktails and so I, you know, my crutch is glycerin, but the lactose is another way to up your bricks, which is amazing, right? Um, and so it's it's serving that that function. So you 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 hit whatever ABV you want. And I thought it was great the way that you. I was really like I thought it was amazing what you were doing there, like upping the solids content mm-hmm. of the cocktail, which also helps in your freezer. I didn't even think about that. And yeah, because we we live at about 19 degrees in those Fahrenheit, right? right? So our it's it's one temperature range that needs to work for a 24 percent alcohol martini that we keep in there, but also needs to work for a nine and a half percent tropi pop. Yeah, so it's cold, but we we bump up the bricks with things like lactose to, so it doesn't freeze. Somewhere. We did some isomalt tests. But we never put it on the menu because we were going to put some non alcs in our vending machine. But we just mm. never we never did it with ice. How malt. cold was the vending machine at? Uh, minus. At, it was four Manhattans, so it was only at. Uh, I have to do Celsius. It was at minus. I think six. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like minus six, like twenty, something like that. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not sure. But get this. You know what I've been playing with? Have you played with polydextrose yet? No. So I looked up. What do they add to diet soda to give mm. it the body back? Because there's no solids in diet soda polydextrose it's not sweet 
and you can make a 50 bricks, not 50 bricks, you can make a one-to-one polydextrose syrup, right? And it, I still like glycerin better because you can use glycerin at much smaller rates. But if you're pouring like three quarters of an ounce of, of poly into a, a of polydextrose in, it doesn't change the flavor. And that's what they use to make diet soda. One of the things they use to make diet soda have the body of other sodas. So it's another bodying agent. So I think. But it's not sweet at all? Nope. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to see you tomorrow. We'll, we, yeah. You can, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll F around with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it. All right. Um, all right, so uh, let's see. George Sante says, I've been trying to figure out a quicker way to clarify spirits blended with other ingredients, i.e. a slice of key lime pie or whole bread. There's so much in brownies and key lime pie, George. There's so many things, dude. <laughs> it's like you're all over. There's no one thing. Anyway, while keeping it all vegan, including the brownies, pie, etc. This is very complicated, George. Uh, I've gone the usual alternative milk punch routes. I even tried this new powdered coconut milk process. I haven't tried powdered coconut milk. I don't even... Uh, but they take a lot of time and work. I've randomly uh, seen a video where someone uses a Buchner funnel system. Uh, anyway, whatever. Mike, I don't know. This is more like up your alley because, like, you know, yeah. I'm stuck in my old fart ways. Like, what? Like, what? How are you going to clarify a key lime pie? Like, and the crust? I don't know. I, I would man. get the flavor of the crust in another way, and then, yeah, I don't see a reason you couldn't spin out key lime pie with treating it. In a center, like if you have a spin all, go. No, it's going to be cloudy, and then you get the solids out. But it's going to be cloudy. I mean, milk punch is a good idea. I'm, I'm not. We do a lot of milk punch with coconut milk, but I've never used coconut milk powder because I like the liquid from coconut milk yeah. to be the dilution of the cocktail. What so do you break it with? Acid. Does, oh, you, do you have coconut? to buy the you have to buy the non-stabilized stuff. I mean, like the Thai brand coconut milk out of the can that we buy works great, and it has a ton of stabilizers, and it still breaks. Still breaks? Yeah, no problem. We have one. We have a milk punch on the menu right now. One of our bartenders, West, is a our best selling cocktail right now. It's called the Pastelito, and it's uh, based on the guava trees, Danish from all the Mexican bakeries in LA. And uh, we break that with coconut milk. And the there's like, uh, I mean, we're we're there's no citrus in it. We're using citric acid to break it, and not a lot. Uh, like somewhere in the realm of half an ounce per cocktail. So speaking of acids, we didn't answer that other part of the question. We're going to run out of time, but listen. So I've been trying to think of other acid blends because I, you know, lime acid, especially with the succinic. Succinic's good, right? You like the succinic. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 Uh, Game changer. And the champagne acid, which I love in Amaro's and other things like this. It's my, that's my crutch for goat, for non-alks or for low, low alks. Chinar and, Chinar and glacid, man, like mm. all day, every day. But... I've been trying to figure out other acid blends, like uh, especially with phosphoric. I've been trying to figure out a good use for uh, acid or just phosphoric. I've tried carrot, like carrot cola, but I, I've got stuff that's okay. We used to I, do an Amaro, called it Amaro Cola, and the, I can't remember the recipe. There were like four different Amari in it and phosphoric acid, and that was cool to try to do like a, it came out like, it's like Dr. Peppery. And like phosphate, yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's like like Dr Pepper is phosphoric and citric, so it's good mm. in cocktails. And I think so is Pepsi. That's their thing. Uh, starving violist, violist. Uh, I wonder if you explain what's up with sous vide recipes that call for long oven cook times after the cooking is done. For example, a recent chef steps recipe for faux porchetta calls uh, cooking the uh, belly sous vide for 24 hours to set the texture, then popping it in a 400 degree oven for 30 minutes to render and brown the skin. The meat continues to cook in the oven, right? Aren't you going to end up with something like traditional textures? A sous vide just fancy par cooking at that stage and the recipe engineered so that they hit their desired doneness with less oven time uh, than doing it from scratch. For the record, I grew up vegetarian and first ate uh, meat at the age of 29 and I tend to prefer fussy sous vide uh, textures for meats rather than traditional ones. Um, Okay, so listen. Yes, uh, starving. Uh, It's sous vide for insurance, right? Low temperature for insurance. But like, because 30 minutes in in a 400 degree oven is nowhere near long enough to cook uh, a porchetta, right? So typically you would let it cool for a little while before you put it in the oven. So there's no danger of overcooking the, the inside. You let the entire meat, you cook the center up to where you want, right? Then you let it cool for a while, right? And then you blast it in the oven so there's no danger of overcooking. But, yes, it's just separating the variables, the variable of the inside of the meat uh, and the variable of the skin. Separating them is always a good thing. But, yes, it will give you a more traditional texture. If you want it less traditional, you want it wall-to-wall. I've tasted big pieces of meat that are wall-to-wall. Meh. You want some texture in that. But if you don't, then just deep fry that sucker. Like pull it out, cool it for a while, deep fry it, get that skin to puff up. 
uh, Mike, well, I have you here. Have you ever used uh, uh, citrus uh, trifoliata, the like the weird sour oranges? No one. I've used them, but not in years. They grow in Phoenix on the side of the street. No. And I have used them, but they're like bitter. So like they're worried. John's worried because they're bitter and like weird. But just embrace the bitter weird. Like like don't you love uh, I bitter love lemon? Bitter orange. And bitter yeah, orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bitter orange is amazing. Yeah, yeah John, just use I've it. I've never had those. Yeah, just don't 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 uh, don't get rid of the weird. Embrace the weird. Yeah. Mike, listen, pleasure to have you on. You're welcome Thank anytime you you're back me. in New York. Uh, someone go to uh, Jack's uh, Hangout. Go to Thunderbolt LA if you want. If you want to see, and I like, uh, love your Champarado. Thank you. If you want to see somebody doing a really, really good job uh, and doing it their own way and uh, being fresh, go check out Thunderbolt LA in Los Angeles. Uh, what's the neighborhood again? It's in Echo Park. Echo Historic Park. Filipino town. Nice. Beautiful. Cooking issues.